What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast as we go through the book of Acts. If we've never had the chance to meet before, my name is Dalton. I serve as one of the pastors over at New Visions Buchanan Campus. I love what I have the chance to do, and I'm just really pumped up and excited to be here. Today we get to talk about one of my favorite stories from the whole Bible and my favorite book from the whole Bible, and I'm just really, really excited and uh, glad that I get to to walk through this with you guys. Today we're going to be in Acts chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 17 through 42. I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible here today, so if you're following along, you can follow along there. Uh, If not, you can just take a listen. It's going to be fun. Verse 17 starts like this. Then the high priest rose up. He and all who were with him, who belonged to the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. So they arrested the apostles, and they put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night and brought them out and said, Go. And stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. Hearing this, they entered the temple at daybreak and they began to teach. When the high priest and those who were with them arrived, they convened at the Sanhedrin, the full council of the Israelites, and sent orders to the jail to have them brought. But when the servants got there, they didn't find them in the jail. So they returned and reported, We found the jail securely locked with the guards standing in front of the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. As the captain of the temple, police, and the chiefs and the priests heard these things, they were baffled about them, wondering what could come of this. When someone came and reported to them, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple, teaching the people. Then the commander went with the servants and brought them without force, because they were afraid that the people might stone them. After they brought them in, they had, I'm sorry, rather, after they brought them in, they had them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked, Didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? Look, you filled Jerusalem with your teachings and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. When Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had murdered by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Verse 33 When they heard this, they were enraged, and they wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. He said to them, Men of Israel, be careful about what you're about to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed, and they came to nothing. After this, a man named Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and attracted a following. He also perished, and all of his followers were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of human origin, it will fail. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. They were persuaded by him. After they called in the apostles, they had them flogged, and they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they released them. Then they went out 
Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple and in the various homes, they continue teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. I think what we see here, once again, this is one of my favorite stories from all of all of the Bible. I, I, I love what we get to see here in the life of these 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 apostles. I love their their willingness to to just be be flogged and beaten and arrested and they they're joyful they rejoice when these things happen that's something that i i don't have i mean they have a love for jesus that's so evident throughout this story we get to see god's provision in this story in freeing these men from from prison right they're arrested they're beaten they're thrown in jail all because they're they're speaking positively about this person of Jesus, and they're telling the truth about how the Sanhedrin uh, had Jesus arrested, right? They had him uh, arrested, beaten, and and crucified, but, but then he came back. But my favorite part of this whole story is Gamaliel. And I think Gamaliel uh, has to be one of my favorite characters or people from the Bible. And he's not one that gets much play. He may be mentioned one or two more times other than this, but he this is his only speaking moment throughout all of the Bible. And I love it because here's what he says. He looks at, at a council of people ready to have these Jesus followers executed, all for believing differently than they do, all for believing in someone that they don't believe in, all for having a different faith than they do. He looks at this council of people ready to do that, and he says, hold on a second, because what if this thing's real? What do we do if this thing's real? What happens if this thing's true? What happens if, if this is accurate and true and something that actually happens? What then? Do you really want to fight against God? Do you really want to fight against what God is doing in the lives of these people? And he, he, he claims two other stories, which this is one of those stories from the Bible that I think just kind of adds validity to the whole thing, right? If the Bible is not your thing and, and you don't believe it, I, I think this is one of those stories that, that can help sway you, help you understand why people like me do believe the Bible and believe it truly. Because he looks and he says, there were two other people claiming to be religious leaders, claiming to be prophets, claiming to be the Messiah. And when we had them executed, when they died... When they were gone, their followers, they dispersed and nothing happened. They may have stuck around for a little bit. They may have tried some things. But ultimately, once the leader's gone, once the, once the, the, the head of this rebellion, once he's gone, these other people, they don't have anybody to rally around. So they disperse and they die off and then you never hear anything of it. And this happened twice with, uh, with Thaddeus and Judas the Galilean. And it's the same story. And these aren't the only two people. If you look back through um, documents and, and history, you can see that there were hundreds of people claiming to be prophets or important people, even people claiming to be the Messiah. I mean, Jesus isn't even the only person named Jesus claim, who claimed during this time to be the Messiah. He's just the one who was. And what we see here that's so, so powerful, and the thing that just ties this whole story together in, in my mind is this is what happened before Jesus came back. Jesus was executed, right? He was, he was murdered on the cross by these people. And in the three days that he was in the tomb, this is exactly what happens to his followers. They dispersed. They got sad. They moved on. 
right? One of his, his closest followers even betrays him and, and won't even claim that he's that person, won't even claim that he was Jesus's follower. We, we see that. We see that happen in those three days. But then the power of the resurrection, Jesus comes back from the dead, and these people, they now understand that what they're part of is bigger than just a movement, what they're part of is bigger than just a rebellion. What they're part of is bigger than just a, a new faith or a cult. What they're part of is something that is real and something that is true. And so they live out the rest of their lives, most of them it leading to their death. They live out the rest of their lives proclaiming the name of Jesus regardless of what people say. Because this is not another failed religious movement. This is not another another failed rebellion or, 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 or whatever. This is not that. This is something real and true and better and greater. And all of that was proven by the resurrection. That's the difference we see between the last few chapters of any of the four Gospels and the first few chapters here in Acts. The difference is these people have seen the resurrected Jesus. They've seen the fact that death doesn't have power anymore, and so they don't care what their what their punishment is. They don't care if they're thrown in prison. They know God's going to unlock the door. They know that death is dead. They don't care that they've been flogged and beaten. In fact, they, they rejoice. They're counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name of Jesus. They, they're, they're excited. They're happy. They can't wait. All because they saw the resurrected Jesus. That's why I love this story so much. I love this story so much because it shows what it looks like in our lives when we see Jesus in a real and true and personal way. So if you've never seen Jesus like that, if you've never had a response like this, I, I think it's worth asking yourself, who is Jesus to me? And if Jesus is is another religious movement that's just like these others, then I, I, I think you should talk to somebody about that because the way people respond here is that this isn't something that's man-made. It's not of man-made origin. Jesus wasn't another great dude who walked around, but this, this movement, as we're going to see through the next few chapters of the book of Acts, this movement is from God. And that's the reason that we're sitting here today and you're listening on your phone or your computer or your tablet or whatever. You're listening to, to a guy sit here and talk to you about this person named Jesus because it didn't go away. It didn't didn't dissolve in the death of Jesus. It kept going. And we're still talking about him, even still to this day, because this movement truly was of God. Man, I hope this story gets you as fired up as it gets me. Uh, thank you for joining us here today, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.